With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on, everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's some of my final thoughts ahead of the Game Week 23 deadline. So I'm going to go through the latest press conference information and then answer some of your questions as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. I should quickly say that at the time of recording this, no double game week announcements have been made for double game week 25. So we're expecting Liverpool versus Luton to go into that game week. It hasn't yet happened. And you'll hear me talk about that quite a lot as we go through the video. Because right now, we have to prepare for different scenarios. Uh, and I'll discuss that a bit more as we go through the video. So hopefully that's okay. Hopefully you enjoy it. Let's get into it. So I'm going to start off with the press conferences. And the first one that I'm going to go through is Man City. And luckily, Pep Guardiola kept it nice and simple for us. So he said, everybody is fit, everybody is ready. Then went on to say that Erling Haaland is ready to start for Man City. So if you were looking for a reason to bring him in, you've now got it. Pep was very positive about him in the press conference. I do recall a couple of weeks ago, Pep saying that De Bruyne was ready to start and then he benched him. And then the next week he said something like he's ready to start and to play 90 minutes and he benched him again. It wasn't until the following game against Burnley that he actually started. So it could be a similar thing here, but I'm pretty confident that Haaland's going to be in that first 11 for Brentford away, which isn't until Monday, right? So there is a nice gap for Man City between Burnley at home in 22 and Brentford away in 23. Someone actually put a question in, which I didn't include later. I thought I'd just cover it here, saying how confident am I? I guess if I had to put a number on it, it'd be like 80, 85%, something like that. I can't be 100% sure. There is definitely some risk here. Only Man City's medical department will know the exact state Haaland's in, how many minutes he can play and stuff like that. And if it's, if it's a choice between rushing him back for Brentford and then losing him for another three games or benching him against Brentford, but then having him for four or five in a row, you know which one they're going to take. But I just think the minutes off the bench against Burnley will be enough. He'll be back in the team for Brentford away. And we've kind of been planning for this point anyway. And also with Salah injured and unavailable, it just makes it much easier to have the money and stuff to bring him in. So. I'm I haven't done it yet I might as well wait until the last minute just to see if there's any news that comes out or anything like that 
but I'm almost certainly going to bring him in this week, like 99.99% sure, and I'm pretty confident he's going to start. Is it completely risk-free? No, but it's Haaland. We know what he can do if he does start, and I'm not willing to go without him. So one other thing about Haaland, which I forgot to mention when I was talking about him just there, it does look like he's probably going to rise in price tonight. He's currently 14 million. By Saturday, he could be 14.1 million. I checked the price changes over on Fantasy Football Hub, which is completely free to do, by the way. I'll leave a link in the description. And at the time of recording, he's at plus 68.66%. And as a player gets close to 100%, they are then quite likely to rise in price that night. It's not 100% guaranteed, but that's at the point where you wouldn't want to risk it anymore. So for anyone that doesn't want to lose any more money or is going to be priced out once he rises in or once he goes up to 14.1, you're probably going to want to make your move tonight. For me, it doesn't really make too much difference. Because when I buy him, I've got 1.7 million in the bank. So if he goes up 0.1, I'll just have 1.6 million instead. But I still think I'll probably just make the move tonight because why wouldn't I, right? I want him anyway, so I'd rather not lose any more money. So you can keep an eye on that. Like I said, it's completely free. But they are predicting he's going to go up in price tonight along with Gordon, Tony, and Bowen uh, potentially to drop in price as well. But like I said, link in the description if you want to check that. Haaland could be going up in uh, in price this evening. So moving on to Liverpool and Darwin Nunez is a doubt for the game against Arsenal in game week 23. So Jurgen Klopp says he needs to check on the fitness of Darwin Nunez before Sunday's game with Arsenal. He left the stadium in a boot and it was not a football boot. So presumably just a protective boot or something like that. Um, nothing broken. The x-rays are clear, but we have to see if we can get his foot back into a boot, presumably back into a football boot because there's swelling and stuff like that. Now, interestingly, I saw the clip of this on social media and maybe I've got it wrong, but it looked like Jurgen Klopp was talking about Darwin Nunez and the chances that he'd missed against Chelsea. And then he kind of gave this information up about him being injured without directly being asked about injuries or something like that. It was almost as if, yeah, he missed the penalty. It wasn't great for him. Oh, and by the way, he's injured. And the thought did cross my mind. Is that just mind games? Is he trying to get Arsenal to prepare for the game without Nunez just for him then to be in the start 11? Possibly. I guess we've got to take Klopp at his word, though. Uh, and that he is a doubt. Now, at the time of recording, still no double game week 25 confirmation. I think if that gets announced today, you keep Darwin Nunez and you just play someone off your bench instead, because hopefully he'll be back for Burnley at home, which is next weekend. Then you've got Brentford away and Luton at home at a time where Darwin is getting pretty good minutes. If nothing is announced today, or if Bournemouth versus Luton is announced instead, then maybe is a case to sell Darwin Nunez, especially if he's your route back to Haaland, because Arsenal is not the greatest fixture anyway. And if there's no double, Burnley at home, Brentford away in the blank between game weeks 24 and 26 is okay, but it's not as good as having Haaland whilst also keeping other forwards that are probably nailed on, like Solanke and Watkins instead. So I think what you do with Darwin depends on what gets announced and what position you're in. If you don't own him, you definitely don't buy him this week. You reassess in game week 24. If you do have him, Arsenal away is not a great fixture anyway. A lot of people have got good squads at the moment. If you've got a different attacker or a defender you can play instead, I would just do that and reassess. It doesn't mean that if the Liverpool news isn't announced today, it's impossible to happen. It's just much more unlikely to. So yeah, this is the annoying thing about recording videos on Friday. I suspect by the time I finish the whole video, that double game week announcement will happen. So for now, I'm just going to have to caveat it. But obviously, if that double does happen in 25, I'd keep hold of him if you could. All right, let's talk about Crystal Palace next. And Roy Hodgson was asked about Eze and Elise. And he said, I don't know with Eze. He came off feeling tightness in his hamstring. He's going shortly for a scan. 
And then when it comes to Michael, which is Elise, I'm presuming and hoping he will be okay. And he confirmed that it was precautionary to take him off. So if you're looking to buy Elise or you've already got him, you're probably okay. With Eze, not necessarily the case. So he's only going for a scan today on a potential hamstring issue. And the game is on Saturday. And obviously he has had some injury concerns um, so far this season. So I definitely would not buy Eze if you were thinking about that. If you own him, it's a tricky one because the fixtures are quite good for Crystal Palace, right? Brighton away is not bad this week. Chelsea at home is okay. Then it's Everton away in 25 and Burnley at home in 26. And I think in 28, they've got Luton at home as well. So I think it's a bit like Darwin Nunez. If you're sat there with eight good attackers and you're a bit confused about who to bench anyway, you probably just bench Eze and then reassess going into game week 24. If you're in a position where your team doesn't look great, then you could look to offload him instead. It's not like he's essential or anything like that. And this hamstring issue could become a bigger thing, but it could also be nothing. And unfortunately, that's all we have to go on or to go off at the moment. If you were looking to replace either of these players, right, in and around the same price, Anthony Gordon is probably the one that I would kind of be initially drawn to. I think Newcastle's fixtures coming up are pretty good. We're going to talk about them later. Obviously, Cole Palmer's only 5.8 million. Um, they do... I think with Chelsea, they have got Palace away in 24, Man City away in 25, and a blank in 26. And obviously, if you own Palmer for a long time, and you got him for like 4.95, etc., you got no interest in selling him whatsoever. But to buy him new, I don't know if this is necessarily the right time. I mean, Ward-Prowse on penalties is not a completely awful option, but it's Man United away, Arsenal at home next two games. Um, Douglas Louise, I would want to wait for confirmation of that Villa game in 29 before I go for him. So. I think I would be probably leaning more towards holding on to Eze. Elise, definitely, even Eze as well, especially if you've got a good squad, because the only player I'd really want to bring in around that price is probably Gordon, which is not a bad choice, right? And if you are stuck for players, maybe you should go for him. But I'm looking down this list of FPL players, and there's not really too many others that are kind of jumping out at me. I mean, if Bournemouth versus Luton suddenly went into the game week 25 as a double game week, then maybe you could look at someone like Tavernier because of the fixtures that Bournemouth have got. But that would require a double game week before I'd even look there. So I think give him a chance and, and preferably don't start Eze, but you can start Elise. I think it sounds like he's going to be okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So just on Newcastle, it was Jason Tindall that took the press conference today. And on Isaac, he said, Alex has improved. He will be one we have to assess today and take the advice from the medical team. He has a chance of making the game tomorrow. So originally, it sounded like he was going to miss Lou in a home, but now he could be back. I think this is a really tough one if you're an Isaac owner because the Newcastle fixtures are excellent. Lou in a home, Forest away, and Bournemouth at home. And we know Callum Wilson isn't back yet. So if Isaac was fit, he would definitely be starting. But there is a chance that doesn't happen. So I would play it like this. If you've got other transfers which you see as higher priority, I would just risk that Isaac starts Lou in a home, especially if you've got someone on the bench that can come on instead. If you're in a really good position where the rest of your squad is fine and Isaac's your only real issue, then I guess it depends who you don't own. So if you're looking to sell one of your three forwards to Haaland and you're not sure who, 
I would take uh, Ezat being flagged as the reason to sell him instead. Because yes, the fixtures are good, but it doesn't matter if he's not going to be available to play them all. And I just feel like, maybe I'm wrong, but Ezat and Wilson all season have had injury concerns. And even if they were both back fit, there, there would then be minutes and rotation concerns as well. I just don't know if they're worth what I perceive as a bit of, I don't know, they just feel like they're a lot of hassle at the moment. I mean, with Isaac, he did play 90 minutes in a row, game weeks 19, 20, and 21, and scored in all three games. And two of those games were Liverpool and Man City. So maybe it is worth taking that risk because of the fixtures, but I certainly would not be buying him this week, right? There's no reason to do that whatsoever. Um, and then just on other team news, he said a couple of lads are getting closer. We will assess the squad today and see where everyone is. The injury situation is uh, certainly getting better. Harvey Barnes and Callum Wilson are probably a little bit ahead of Joe Willock. So even with Isaac potentially being fit, Wilson could be back as well soon. I just don't think either of them are worth it when they're both available to play. Just quickly on Harvey Barnes, for anyone that's looking at bringing in Gordon, I'm going to talk about him a little bit later. I wouldn't be that concerned about Barnes. I think it's pretty clear that Anthony Gordon is first choice left wing. And I also think if Barnes does start any point, Gordon could play on the right as well. So Barnes has been out for a long time. He's not going to suddenly come back and play week in, week out. And Gordon's been good this season. So I wouldn't really be too concerned there. And just for any Colwell owners still out there, obviously he missed the last game through injury. And it sounds like he's a doubt for Wolves at home in game week 23 as well. So Pochettino says he's not sure Colwell will be ready to face Wolves. We'll assess the defender tomorrow. So it doesn't sound great. I don't see too many reasons why you take a risk on him. Obviously Chelsea got plenty of other defenders they could play uh, instead and make sure that he's back for their trickier games against Palace away and Man City away. So if you've got him, he's missing this game. If you haven't got a defendant that you can play off the bench, it's probably time to sell Colwell, I would say, just like when I was talking about um, Cole Palmer. The fixtures for Chelsea just really are not that good, especially from a defensive point of view. Like if Elise and Eze are both back for 24, I think Chelsea might struggle against Palace away. And it's Man City away, definitely going to concede there. Then it's a blank in 26. Brentford away, Tony up against Chelsea. Newcastle at home, difficult. And then Arsenal away in game week 29. Even if that game's on, of course we just want extra bodies in a blank game week. But I'm not sure Colwell is so good that it's worth holding on to him for a game against Arsenal away. So you can probably get rid of him if you've got the spare transfer. I guess the next question is who do you bring in? You could definitely look at a Newcastle defender. Great fixture this week, as we just discussed. Next two are pretty decent as well. Outside of that, it gets a bit tricky depending on how much money you've got to spend. Like I still like Arsenal defenders, but I wouldn't necessarily bring them in this week. You could look at a Aston Villa defender like Conza at 4.6, Sheffield United away this week, Fulham away in 25, Forest at home in 26. And also if you're thinking about potentially not free hitting in 29 and you've got some Arsenal and Chelsea players already, this kind of hedges your bets on the other game being on because it'll either be Arsenal and Chelsea or it'll be Villa and West Ham. And so if Arsenal and Chelsea get call off and you've got to start, uh, sorry, isn't on in 29 and eventually you've got to start selling those players, at least this week you bought Konza in. And as long as he's fit in like whatever it is, six, seven game weeks time, he would play as well. So I wouldn't completely rule that out. Um, otherwise, I don't know who, if you're looking for really cheap players in and around 4.5 million, like Danburn, Botman, Newcastle, I guess you've got Doughty at Luton. But unless they have... The double game week for 25 confirmed. I'm just not sure it's worth it. Like Newcastle away this week is tough. Sheffield United at home is great in 24. But then the double would be Man United at home and probably Liverpool away, although not guaranteed. 
and then a blank in 26. So I probably wouldn't even go there. So maybe Konza and hedging your bets for game week 29 might be the best option. And of course, if you've got three other defenders you can play this week, you could just bench Cole. It's not like he's an absolute uh, must sell or anything like that. All right, let's get into some of your questions. So is Foden still a good option? And who are the top three Man City assets? Obviously, people starting to look ahead to double game week 25, where Man City will play both Chelsea and Brentford at home. So one of the top three is, of course, Haaland. I don't think we need to go into that too much. And I think Haaland in people's teams is an absolute lock, while Salah is unavailable. If Egypt had gone out and Salah was fully fit, different conversation entirely. But right now, Haaland just makes a lot of sense. Even if you don't bring him in this week, and you delay that decision till 24 just to see if he gets minutes off the bench again. By 25, he is going to be one of the best um, Man City assets. I think money, no object. De Bruyne has to be in that top three as well because we know what he's capable of. And if he is fit, he does usually play as well. Won't always play 90 minutes, of course, as we saw in the last game. But he can do damage in 60 to kind of 75 minutes as well. So yeah, money, no object. I would have De Bruyne. But I would think a lot about what your future moves by, might be. I talked about this for my own team last week. If I'd gone for De Bruyne instead of Foden, right, which was possible, I had the money to do it, then when I wanted to get Haaland in for Alvarez, I had to make up, what was it? Yeah, 1 million, right? I think it was 0.8 million last week. But obviously, De Bruyne has just gone up in price so much. So I'd have had to sell Saliba for a defender that I didn't really want. But not only that, it would have used up all my money to then or sorry, you would have used up all that potential, would have used up all that money, let me get the words right, for any potential moves on midfielders. So if I wanted to bring Diogo Jota in without selling Saka, how would I have done that? Well, I needed more money in the bank. So for me, I didn't feel like De Bruyne for the money was worth it over phone. But money, no object, right? If he fits into your plans, then absolutely you could go for him. And I think it's worth saying and again, I know I'm having to caveat a lot in this video because I'm waiting for that double game week announcement. If it doesn't happen for Liverpool, then maybe Trent is expendable. Not because of what happened with um, Connor Bradley doing really well, but it's Arsenal away this week. Burnley at home in 24, which is great. But then it's Brentford away. They are fully capable of scoring against Liverpool. Then it's a blank in 26. They got Man City in 28, a probable blank in 29. Like Maybe Trent is the downgrade to be able to afford De Bruyne whilst having Haaland and upgrade in other spots. But it relies on that double not being announced, and I suspect it probably will. Um, so De Bruyne would be in the top three. Then take your pick, right? I think out of the rest of the attackers, it's between Foden and Alvarez. I really don't mind Doku, but I'd just be too worried about Grealish starting some games. And Bernardo Silva, we've seen that Pep is happy to bench him at times. He literally did it against Burnley. Um, and I think with the forward spots, there's only three of them. One's Haaland, right, for a lot of people. Solanke's great. Watkins is great. If Liverpool double, Darwin Nunez is great as well, as long as he's fit. Is there a space for Alvarez? Whereas with midfielders, especially with Salah out of the picture, there's a bit more room to fit someone like Foden in. I don't think I can sit here and guarantee you that Foden's minutes will be better than Alvarez, but that is my gut feeling. And on top of that, you've got the extra slots in midfield to kind of fit him in. So I think the top three right now, given that Walker was benched last week, is probably Foden, De Bruyne, and Haaland, unless I'm forgetting someone, or if you really want a goalkeeper like Edison. But in two game weeks' time, when we're actually at game week 25, that answer might be different, because if Carl Walker comes straight back into the team for 23 and 24, then I'd maybe consider Haaland, Walker, and De Bruyne as the best options that are probably going to get you the most minutes. I think, that, I think that's where I stand right now anyway. Probably Foden, Haaland, De Bruyne, if I was picking this week, 
it could be Walker instead of Foden in a couple of game weeks' time. I mean, on De Bruyne, right? I think Brentford away is going to be a test of how fit he is because although the gap's quite big, it's not a full week's rest. And if he gets benched there, then obviously going forward, it's just probably not going to be worth the hassle. But if he plays again, you've got to be hopeful that, that will continue because when Harden and De Bruyne are on the pitch, it's absolutely devastating for other teams. So yeah, that's my top three. Let me know in the comments below if you think different. All right, let's talk about forwards. I have Watkins, Darwin, and Solanke. Which one should be sold for Haaland? Now, again, a lot of this comes down to whether or not that double gets announced for Liverpool in game week 25. If it does, I'd find it really difficult to sell Darwin, knowing that he would have Brentford away and Luton at home. Even though he's a doubt for this week, I would still want to hold on to him, especially if you're in a position where you've got someone on the bench that could play instead. I know some people have the view that we get too sucked into double game weeks. We worry about them too much. And I kind of agree with that on Darwin if he wasn't also getting game time. But he's starting pretty regularly. And he's also getting returns. His numbers are good. It's Burnley at home in 24 before that potential double. I would want to keep hold of him. If it doesn't get announced by tonight, then the chances of it happening are really slim. At that point, you could take a risk and just sell, uh, sell uh, get my words out, sell Darwin, especially given that he's a doubt for Arsenal away. So I'd really wait and see what happens with that announcement. If it happens and you're keeping Darwin, the decision of whether to sell Watkins or Solanke is really tricky. I think next four fixtures are probably better for Aston Villa. They've got Sheffield United away, Man United at home, Fulham away, and Forest at home. Even that Man United at home game is not going to be massively difficult for an attacker, right? There's definitely goals in that for Aston Villa. Whereas for Bournemouth in that same time, They've got to play Newcastle away and Man City at home. So I think immediate returns in the next four games it's probably favour Watkins over Solanke, even though longer term, Solanke has Burnley away in 27 and Sheffield United at home, sorry, in 28. So it is a close call. And also it's worth saying that Solanke has penalties too. So I think the answer is probably to keep Watkins and sell Solanke. Would I be happy about that? No. But I think that's probably what I would do. And that's the problem with forward spots at the moment. They are so valuable because we only have um, three of them. In terms of potential knock-ons for game week 29, will they or won't they play? With Solanke, the only way that he would play in 29 is if Wolves, uh, sorry, if Brighton beat Wolves and Leicester beat Bournemouth. Uh, I just don't know if both of those things are going to happen. It's definitely possible that Solanke could be playing in 29, but the chances are that won't be the case. With Watkins, I think they are favourites to beat Chelsea in the fourth round replay. But if they don't, then Watkins would also play in 29 against West Ham away. And that would just make more sense to hold on to. But obviously, for a lot of people, you cannot wait until next week to make this Haaland decision. So you've got to do it now. So begrudgingly, I would probably sell Solanke before Watkins. But obviously, the ideal situation is the double doesn't get announced tonight. and You just take the risk. It's not going to happen. Like, it's not impossible that it could get announced later. It's just very unlikely. Um, and you just sell Darwin instead. But if that double gets announced, I think you've got to hold on to him. And just really quickly, someone else asked me a similar question, but with Tony instead of Darwin. Again, Tony's got that double in 25. He's got the guarantee fixture in 29. And I think for most people, you don't yet know when you're going to use your chips. Like, if you're dead set on using it in 29 for the blank, then fair enough, maybe you could sell Tony, but I still wouldn't do it before the double, even though Brentford's fixtures aren't that great. So are Newcastle players back on the menu? And if so, who should we target? 
And I mentioned earlier just how good Newcastle's fixtures are. So just a quick reminder, Luton at home this week, Forest away in 24, Bournemouth at home in 25. So next three really good. It's Arsenal away in 26, which is a bit trickier. And then it's Wolves at home in 27. So next five game weeks, there's three home games, Luton, Bournemouth and Wolves. And one of the away games is Nottingham Forest. So that looks pretty good. In 28, it's Chelsea away, so a bit more difficult. And then 29 is Palace away. The only way that game will be on is if Blackburn knock Newcastle out of the FA Cup. And obviously the odds will be that Newcastle will go through. So it's worth thinking a little bit long term. But in the meantime, there's plenty of points on offer with the fixtures they have. In terms of players to look at, the only attacker has to be Anthony Gordon. Everyone else is just not attacking enough, is too injured, or just doesn't have the minutes. Like, I wouldn't look at Almiron or someone like that. Harvey Barnes isn't fit yet. Callum Wilson, same. Uh, Isaac is a doubt, etc. It has to be Gordon. And I think for 6.1 million, potentially rising to 6.2 tonight, he's great value. His underlying numbers have been pretty good this season. And obviously, we know the fixtures are good. We just spoke about them. The one thing to say is, does he fit into your midfield? Do you have enough spots to put him in? And two, he's on eight yellow cards. So if he gets two more yellow cards, he'll then be suspended for two matches. Now, let's look at when he last got one. Uh, Yeah, he got one in game week 22, one in game week 19. So it's not like they've really slowed down. Although, to be fair, he did go from game weeks 12 right up until 18 without getting a single one. So he can do it, but he is just two away from a two-game suspension. So if he got a yellow against Luton and a yellow against Forest, he then missed both the Bournemouth and the Arsenal game. So there is some slight risk there. And I think the only way to assess that is think about how many other transfers you're going to have to make over the next few weeks and whether you've got the squad to kind of cope with a two-game suspension. The reality is, if that suspension hits soon, you'll just be selling him almost um, certainly straight away. So I wouldn't necessarily let it put you off because he's definitely going to get Luton and Forest, and then hopefully you won't get two yellows, in which case he gets Bournemouth as well. But there is that slight caveat. And also think about which other midfielders you might want, right? So for my team, again, I always use that as kind of an example for context. I've said many times, I don't want to sell Saka until I know what's going on with Game Week 29. I've just bought Foden, that's ready for the double. And I'm sure some of you are looking at bringing in Foden or De Bruyne if you don't already have them. I've got Palmer, he's way too valuable to me to sell right now richarlison has been great recently the fixtures are good they definitely play in 29 i can't really sell him either and yet who don't i have that everybody is going to be telling me to buy for game week 25 diogo jota so either i sell one of those four players i've just mentioned who i don't really want to sell or i have to sell anthony gordon instead now the beauty for me is i already own gordon of course so i could just keep him for the next two game weeks and not get jotter until game week 25 i can reassess what's happening is there a double game week uh, in the first place you know what are the minutes like for him as he picked up a knock is salah back and i can make that decision then but ultimately if i don't want to sell the other four players and i want to buy jotter gordon will have to go again so it's not always about value for money although that is definitely part of the conversation it's also about the slots they're going to take up in your team and although we've got five midfield slots versus three forward ones there's still a lot of good midfielders. You might be in a totally different position where you don't have Saka, you don't want to bring him in. That's absolutely fair enough. But just think about whether you've got space for Gordon and then a different midfielder the week after or the week after that, whoever you're um, planning to bring in. But generally, I think Gordon's a good pick as long as he doesn't get two yellow cards anytime soon. With the defense, 
I look, they, they look great for the next three, right? And if you've got the money for Trippier and he fits into your plans, brilliant. If you want to go for someone cheaper, then you've got Botman at 4.5 and Danburn at 4.4. They're pretty nailed on. If you've got a bit more money to spend, Share tends to have a little bit more goal threat as we saw last week. Whether it's worth paying 5.2 million though versus 4.4 for Dan Byrne or 4.5 for Botman, I'm not completely sold on that to be honest. I think if you're desperate for a defender this week, then it makes sense to buy a Newcastle one because Luton at home right in front of you is a good fixture. The next two after that are decent as well. They'll definitely play obviously in 27 against Wolves at home. So four of the next five are good. The only thing to consider is in game week 26, Liverpool players, Chelsea players, and Spurs don't have games. So for a lot of people, that means you're going to have to bench three of those players. And obviously any players you'd usually have on your bench, like potentially a cheap Newcastle defender, are going to be in your start in 11. And who do Newcastle have in 26? They've got Arsenal away. So that wouldn't necessarily put me off because the points on offer outside of that are pretty good. But if you're just bringing them in to play against Luton to then bench the next two weeks because maybe you've got Trent, Poro and someone else you could play instead, potentially you're playing Kyle Walker in double game week 25, whatever it might be, then you might not actually be playing that Newcastle defender that much over these three fixtures. And then you might have to play him in 26 for Arsenal away, so it wouldn't make too much sense. So again, for my team, like Trent always gets played, right? Arsenal away, Burnley at home. Brentford away in 25, potential double game. He gets played for all three of those games. Pedro Parry is similar. So he's got Everton away this week, Brian at home, Wolves at home. I'm never going to want to bench him. And then look, my Arsenal defenders are not great this week. Then they got West Ham away, Burnley away straight after that. And I'd rather play them against Newcastle at home rather than a cheap Newcastle defender against Arsenal away. So it looks good on paper, but again, I just don't know if they're needed. So it really comes down to... Do you do you really need a defender? In which case, fine, go for Newcastle. Or do you have the spare transfer? Because if you don't, they're probably just not worth worrying about that much. Trippier is, of course, the one, right? Hasn't been great as an FPL pick for a long time. But as we saw back in, what was it, game weeks five to nine, they had really great fixtures and he did exceptionally well. They've got their first choice back for fit at the moment. And the fixtures are great. So if you've got the money, Trippier looks like a uh, massive differential and I really do like him. Unfortunately for my own team, just can't afford it. So not going to go there. So I'm actually going to leave that one there. Hopefully you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you did, make sure to give the video a like and hit that subscribe button. If you listen on podcasts, rate five stars instead. I know it's a bit annoying to have to keep listening to if this happens, do that. If not, do this. But that is just the state of FPL right now. And with the double game week announcement not having happened at the time of recording, all I can do is kind of talk through different scenarios. And because the deadline is tomorrow, I've got to record this video as soon as possible so the most amount of people can watch it. So my plan would be if Liverpool double game week in 25 gets announced or nothing gets announced, there'll be no other video because we've spoken about Liverpool enough at this point. I think people have already been doing plenty uh, of planning and discussion. If Bournemouth versus Luton happens to go into 25, which I don't think will happen, but if it does, then I'll probably do a smaller uh, or a shorter separate video later on just to talk about the implications of that as well. So hopefully that's okay. Tomorrow will be the deadline stream at half nine in the morning UK time, taking you through to the deadline at 11. And of course, then we'll have the content for game week 24 next week, including an update on the fourth round replay between Villa and Chelsea. So thank you for watching and I'll catch you again soon, probably tomorrow morning, maybe later today. Sports Social Podcast Network.